All right, all right. Who's thrilled to be in the house of God this weekend? Come on. Man, I am so excited. I have been praying for this series for one full year. And so, so ecstatic about Heart for the Harvest. But I'm going to, in the message I'll talk about in, in a little while, I'm going to talk about how the miracles entered into sort of a Heart for the Harvest. And so, Heart for the Harvest is an annual offering that we take. It'll be in the last week of this series, three weeks, four weekends. It's the fourth weekend. But each weekend, we're going to pray for some specific things. And so, uh, this service, we're going to do what, I, what, what we call body life. So we're going to pray for each other. So if, I'm going I'm to give you a series of things that if you need these miracles, I'm going to ask you to stand. The people around you are going to lay hands on you, and we're going to pray together and believe that God is going to work a supernatural work. Are you with me? So we serve Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. And so if you need God, the provider, to step in financially, you need a financial miracle. And I've been praying all across our body as we get ready for offering that tons of people would have financial miracles. Maybe you need a job. And honestly, every year, people that stand that need jobs, we have so many employers and people that own companies and are high level of leadership at different places that people get hired during worship service. That's pretty cool. Come to church, worship job, worship God, get a job. Are you with me? And so, but if you need a financial miracle, a provision, if you need a job, uh, if you need something that you need God to provide like that, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Just go ahead and stand right where you are. Just go ahead. Let's just, let's, come on. Are we a family? All right, so go ahead and stand. There we go. Come on. Don't listen. God is opposed to the proud. Go ahead and stand up and stay standing. God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So I'm going to assume in just a minute when we pray that everybody sitting down has got everything you need. Are you with me? Now, we're not praying for healings tonight, but as a way of provision, you've got everything that you need. And so uh, we serve a God who's able. So look around, see somebody. Okay, just reach down, either walk over, reach out, put your hand on them, and let's pray for provision. If you can't get to someone, pray for miracles this month as we get ready for Heart for the Harvest Miracle offering. So just intercede. You don't need to know the need. God does. Just begin right now to intercede. Mighty King of heaven, we come before you. You said to bring all of our cares and cast them on you, for you care for us. You said that we would come and ask, and you, being a good God, love to give good gifts. So, Lord, we pray every promiser has a job. We pray every promiser has good jobs that you will provide for families. And beyond just that, you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. God, I pray for financial miracles, people that have found themselves in a hole. God, we pray that you would move. We pray across the board for the past couple months and this next month, there would be financial miracles across the board and we would see an incredible offering just from your provision. God, we don't look to the government. We don't look to our employers. 
We look to you from whose hand flow every good and perfect gift. We believe that you're able to supply our every need and more. So God, we come to you in faith, believing and asking, believing that you're going to bring forth these miracles. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, let's stand up and worship our Lord. is your captain, brace for impact. Those are the words that were heard over the intercom on, on the airline, flight number 1549 Airways flight. The plane had hit a flock of geese and it, it knocked out both engines. And at that point, the powerless plane was plummeting down to the earth below right outside of New York. The passengers began to scream frantically. 
They didn't know what they were gonna do. Would they live? Would they see their family members? People would just were, the, the, the flight attendants were trying to calm people and show them how to brace for impact. But when you hear the captain say, brace for impact, and you think you are about to die, oh, my mercy. Yeah, Captain Sully, as many of you know the story, which later was made into a movie played by Tom Hanks, was dubbed the Miracle on the Hudson. As he flew that, he flew that passenger jet, landed in the water, and all 159 souls walked or maybe swam away from that what be catastrophe. <laughs> Incredible. And what I'm asking you to do is brace for impact. Brace for the impact of heaven. Brace for God to move. Brace yourselves. Ready yourselves for God to flood and fill every heart, every home, every group, every campus in a way that he has never done before. Hebrews chapter 13, 8 says this, that God is the same yesterday, today, and what? Our God, the limitless God that created everything there is, that created the universe has limitless, unbelievable power and God loves to move on our behalf. This Bible is packed with stories of God's miraculous moves, of his miracles, of interventions into the lives of individuals like Moses or Abraham or nations or kingdoms or the entire universe as he sent his son and split time B.C. and A.D. Welcome to the month of miracles at Faith Promise Church. Amen. Welcome. Welcome to Heart for the Harvest. Now, if you're new, there's an annual offering. Every weekend, we bring our tithes and offerings. But once a year, we do a supernatural miracle offering that we believe God is going to supernaturally provide for. We've been doing it since 2010. Let me tell you how that happened. We had just planted the Blount County campus and deleted all and depleted all of our funds. We had spent a million one hundred thousand dollars on launching that, that campus. And, and I was really praying and God spoke to my heart and I wrote it in my journal. And God said, take up an offering and it'll be a million dollars. And so I told Josh, hey, Josh, we're going to take up an offering in five weeks, and it's going to be a million dollars. And, you know, I'm shocked. He didn't say, yes, pastor, I'm so excited. <laughs> There's no question. He said, you're smoking drugs. Are you having a flashback? Are you okay? Do I need to call Michelle? Is it going to be all right? And I opened my journal. I said, right here, Josh, is where God spoke to me. We're going to take up an offering, and God is going to give us a million dollars. He said, I didn't realize God had spoke. There's no question, Pastor. We'll get a million dollars. We lined it up. We preached. All the local news came out that, that weekend. They had cameras. Our annual budget was $4 million, and we were going to take 25% over that in one offering. Everybody said, no way not happening. And it wasn't called Heart for the Harvest. It was just give everything you have offering. (laughs) 
And promisers came and they rallied and they sacrificed and kids brought piggy banks and students gave their, their, their you know, if they were working or their, just their, uh, everything they had, people sacrificed, people gave cars and property. And when the smoke had cleared, we took a million dollars on that weekend. Incredible. But because we said it was going to be a miracle offering, then what happened is we started linking this month of preparation to miracles. And so every week we'll be praying. We've already prayed for provision. We'll be praying for healings. We'll be praying for prodigals to come. And then we'll be bringing our offering in and we'll in the fourth weekend of this series. So we're going to look at the miraculous hand of God, the heart of God, and all that, that God has done. Now, many of you have been preparing all year because you've been around and you knew it was coming and last year was your first one. You didn't have anything and you felt bad. You said, that's never going to happen again. I'll be ready next year. And so it's next year. It's time. And so it's been incredible. Uh, we've been giving out these, look like these. They're heart for the harvest. Let me show you a couple things. Uh, on the back, this is just some of, this is not, this is not everything. This doesn't have the playground or promise at Emerald Youth that we build. It doesn't have the pool. For, there are many, many things that this doesn't account for. But just, just, a, just an abbreviated version. In 2010, we lost the Blunt Campus, and that was our first offering. 2011 was the earthquake. We took heart for the harvest and started orphanages and supported orphanages in Haiti. 2012, you gave an incredible offering, and we launched the North Knoxville Campus. 2013, Heart for the Harvest came again, and we expanded the Pellissippi campus and launched the Anderson and Campbell campuses at the same time. 2014 rolled around, and we launched Promesa de Fe, Faith Promise, Costa Rica. We also went to Sayabenza, South Africa, and built a feeding center with one of our missionaries that came out of this church, Chris Ladd, in 2014. In 2015, we renovated our Campbell County campus. We launched our God Behind Bars at Bledsoe campus. We also went and partnered with uh, the Deaf Village in Jamaica, the, the, a, couple, the, a couple from our church, missionaries down there, the Bukamas, and we helped build uh, a conference center. 2016, we renovated Anderson. We launched Farragut. We, we paid some debt off, and we launched God Behind Bars at Morgan County. 2017, we purchased, I mean, wholly just paid for the North Knox building. Come on, North Knoxville. There ought to be some folks fired up at North Knox about that. We also almost doubled our spaces at the seating capacity at our Blunt County campus through the Timothy Initiative that Pastor Kyle Wall actually came from. We planted hundreds and hundreds of churches in India and Pakistan. And uh, we also supported, we talked about last year, care cuts. Now, if you, if you open up to really page one, the catalyst for, inexpensive, uh, for exponential growth, let me remind you something. If you're listening, say I am. God lets the senior pastor have the vision. Is that okay? You determine the speed of the vision by two things, how you serve, how we invite, and how you give. Does that make sense? So God gives me the vision as a senior pastor, our, our elders and 
our executive team and, and our leadership team, they all get on board with that and we, we march. But you guys determine the speed. So let me just give you a little vision. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, we're launching the next 16 months, four new campuses, a million dollars apiece. Now, again, we get to do that if we have the money. If we don't have the money, what do we do? We don't do it. That's exactly right. We don't do it. We're going to do some relocating of some existing campuses, $6 million. We're going to put those campuses in places where they can exponentially grow. We're going to build a campus operations center on some of the Pellissippi property. It will house all the resources for all of our campuses. There'll be global offices. There'll be a new where we can begin to create videos and stuff and, and that. And then debt reduction, which would be incredible to pay the debt off. Are you with me? $3.8 million. If you want to scribe that check, if you'd let me know, I will kiss you on the mouth. And so uh, that's, that's where we're going. That's a lot of vision. That's a lot of vision. Now, the only thing we have ever borrowed money for is building a Pellissippi and expanding Pellissippi. Every other campus, we've done cash. Everything else, we do cash and really will uh, we'll continue to do that. But we'd love to pay off really the existing debt. We probably have a $30 million facility at Pellissippi and less than half of that. So let's, I'm just praying, God, can God pay that debt off? Come on, are y'all with me? And so let's believe God. Now, you'll see at all of your campuses, there looks like sort of harvest stuff. There's baskets. That's what we're going to bring the offering the fourth weekend. On all those, you'll see a little envelope. Looks like a little envelope for seeds and a blank piece of paper. Take and write what miracle that you need. Put it in the seed envelope. You can fold it up and put it on those. And our campus, pastors and staff, our prayer teams are going to be are going to be interceding on behalf of that for God to do incredible things. One other thing, let me tell you, there's an envelope that's been in the seat for the last couple of weeks. Let me challenge you on something. If you have kids at home, take this envelope and put on where you gather, which is either around the refrigerator or the dining room table. Put it there. Every time you pray, every time you meet, this is an incredible opportunity for you to disciple your children. They're yours, Right? It's your job to disciple your kids. Amen? All right, four of you. Amen? We didn't have them. Y'all did. We partner with you. Talk about what you're doing. Talk about what you're sacrificing. That's how we trained our kids to give. And then let your kids be a part, because as you've already heard at all our campuses, our students and kids are going to be buying 650 uniforms for those, those kids in Nairobi uh, in, that, in the ministry in the church that we help support there. Is that cool? You all right? All right, now, let me challenge you to begin this weekend 21 days of fasting and prayer. You know, I do a 21-day total fast. That's okay. Fast breakfast, fast lunch, fast dinner. Read Isaiah 58. Don't work through that meal. Pray through that meal. Are you with me? You say, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast from the telephone or social media. That's great fast when you would be sitting on your phone staring like a zombie. Amen? Come on. Spend that time in prayer. Pray for you, your miracle. Pray for all the promisers. Can you imagine all 10,000 of us what the miracles that we need, the healings that we need, the provision that we need? How many prodigals are we praying would come home? 
And so all that is going on. So I just invite you to take a journey with me as your pastor in the next 21 days as we really pray for a movement like we have never seen before, that God would send miracles so powerful, so profound, so pervasive that no one could blame me or anyone else for it. We would all give the glory to God who gives every good and perfect gift to his children. Now, a friend of mine wrote a book, uh, Dave Martin, a friend of mine, and this is what Dave said. A miracle is simply a change in a person, situation, circumstance that only God can achieve and only God can explain. Listen, we don't want to do at Faith Promise what man can do. We want to do what God can do. Are y'all with me? We want what God can do. So we've got a brace for impact. We've got a brace for God to move. Move in our quiet time. Move as we ask God what he wants us to do in the offering. Move as we believe God. And you know what? A lot of times we're not braced for impact because God moves in and we're not ready. I want to share a story out of John chapter 5. Then many of you, if you've been around church long, you know this story. But this gentleman was not ready for the impact that was about to happen to him. Matter of fact, he didn't even realize what was going on as it was happening. It is at the pool of Siloam, or Bethsaida, called Solomon's Porch. The story is in John chapter 5. Jesus goes and he visits the pool at Siloam. And at Siloam was where people gathered that were sick, that were blind, that were lame, waiting for an angel to show up and stir the waters, waiting for a movement that they would be healed. Are you with me? John chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And then, then it begins, so it goes on. And after these things, it was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the way, you always go up to Jerusalem. Of course, I have to get back from Israel, so I'm sort of all stoked with Israel stuff. Going back in March 2020, I'll say, don't miss it. Don't miss it. So you go up to Jerusalem. You, you ascend to worship. See, matter of fact, Psalms chapter 20 through Psalms chapter 35, if you look, they'll say Psalms of Ascent. That's what people read. That's what they read and quoted as they were going up the road to Mount Zion, up the road to the Temple Mount to enter Solomon's Temple and worship. Matter of fact, as they went up the southern steps, they would, they would quote the Psalms of Ascent as they prepared their heart for what? Worship. Can I tell you, promisers, what we do? We roll in the parking lot on two wheels. When we've got our balance in on two wheels because we're all already missed 10 minutes, we run in, we throw our kids into the kids' ministry. As we run by, we run in, we slide like we're catching home plate, gasping for air. So, okay, God, now speak to my heart. And God says, what? Are y'all with me? There's a preparation. So Jesus goes up. Well, I, mm, oh. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which in Hebrew is called Bethsaida, having five porticos. So Jesus shows up. Now, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about the book of John. Are you, if you're listening, say I am. Okay, you got to listen fast. There are seven miracles in the book of John, only seven, because there are seven things that only God can do. Seven miracles that Jesus does and John records. He finishes the book by saying, if we recorded everything Jesus did and said, all the libraries of the world couldn't contain what Jesus did and said. See, the Bible is not a, it's not a movie that gives you, you know, the editor's version. It is a vignette. It just gives you, it gives you just 
just enough to know, just enough what God wants you to know. So John gives us the seven miracles, seven signposts. He gives us the seven I am's. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light, I am the door, I am the good shepherd. Are you with me? I am the bread of life. The seven I am's because God's name is I am. Then he gives us seven sayings of the cross. He gives us the seven woes of the Pharisee. It's a book written to Jews, by Jews, primarily for Jews. And John is writing to prove that Jesus was Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, the Son of God, God incarnate. So he gives us seven things that only God can do. Are y'all with me? Seven things that only God can do. Look at verse three. We are so far behind already. Then... There lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. They're just sitting waiting for God, but they were not braced for impact, waiting for a miracle. Look at verse four and five. An angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred the water. Whoever then was first, after the stirring of the water, stepped in and was made whole from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Now, let me just stop. Are you ready? Most of us, when we read this passage, want to talk about the angel in the water. Hey, how often did the angel come? Is that really what happened? It doesn't matter. It makes absolutely no difference. The point of this miracle is Jesus was God. That's the point of the miracle. Only God could do what he is about to do. Are you in? He's fully man, fully God. He is God incarnate. He is the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ. So this guy has been going to this pool for four decades, sick and ill, and can get no help. Does this make sense? Now, you know what? So honestly, sometimes we get tired of waiting for a miracle, don't we? Get tired of waiting, and we give up what? Hope. We give up hope. He'd been there 38 years. Let's go to verse 6. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he'd already been there a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? And he'd say, are you, what? Why would Jesus ask this guy? It's just crazy. The guy had been there four decades waiting, wanting. But you know what? Jesus asked people all the time, do you want to get, do you want to see? Do you want to hear? Why? Look up here. Because many of us have derived our identity because of the things that are in our life and our life revolves around the pain or the, the sympathy we get because of this malady that we've walked with and we don't know what life would be like without it and frankly, we really don't want a miracle now. We've just grown accustomed to this lifestyle. We don't have to walk in faith. We don't have to move forward. It's because there's a great fear in that. Faith is evidence of things seen, you know, not seen. And so, and so he asked the question, do you want a miracle? My question is, what miracle do you need? What miracle are you asking God for? What miracle is it that you want? Look at verse 7. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the waters. When the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down in front of me. He didn't say he wanted to be healed, did he? What did he do? He began making excuses. Are you with me? Making excuses. He didn't say yes. I don't know who you are because he didn't know who Jesus was. You'll see in a minute. He's clue he was clueless. He wasn't braced for impact. He didn't know the Son of God was right there standing beside him talking to him. Clueless. God comes so close sometimes that we miss it, don't we, church? I mean, man, God comes close and we're so, we're so distracted. 
And so he didn't, he didn't say, yeah, man, I don't know who you are, but I've been here 38 years. You see this T-shirt, somebody heal me? You better believe I want healed. Come on, I want to walk, man. I want to live life. I don't want to lay here with these sick people. Of course I won't. No, he made excuses. Haven't we grown good at that? Hey, have you gotten better from that? No, no. Hey, have you overcome that impatience? Hey, have you, come, have you overcome that negative attitude? Hey, have you, have you started serving your church? Hey, have you risen up knowing we make excuses for why we've been laying at the pool for 38 stinking years? Is he made in the house? Come on, somebody. Am I, see, and I always wonder why 40 years if people have been healed, how come nobody went back to help somebody else? If I, you know, if I got healed, shouldn't I go back and help other people? Just a thought. Verse eight. I can tell you, y'all didn't like that part. Verse eight. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your sleeping bag, your pallet, and walk. And so that's why I say the guy was lame. It was, his legs were done. Get up, take your pure pallet, and walk. Jesus gave him a part in the miracle. But you listen, we always have a part in the miracle. Always. Matter of fact, next weekend, the message is going to be, what is your part of the miracle? So he says, get up. Why did he tell him get up? Because he was crippled. Get up, take up your pallet, and walk. Why? He couldn't walk. Get up. We have a part. When my daughter was 14, she was having some health issues and went to the doctor and she ended up going to OBGYN and the doctor said, hey, she's got some issues. And the doctor said, listen, she's, she may really have struggle getting pregnant when she gets married. She gets married a couple years later, no kids. She goes to the doctor and the doctor said, listen, you can't get pregnant. You had all this stuff. It's caused permanent damage. You can't get pregnant. You need to just go ahead and start adoption. Can't happen. So about four or five years ago, we were in the heart for the harvest. And we were in the weekend where we were praying Jehovah Rapha would heal people. My daughter walked right back over there to where Chuck Carringer was praying. And Chuck loves my kids and he's been a great impact on his kids. And Chuck anointed her with oil and said, God, I'm asking you to right now to give my, give my little sister, give faith a miracle. We need you to move. And this is what God did. Now, you can't tell me God can't. I'm telling you God can. I'm telling you God will move. And what you need, our God is able. He will show up. He will show out. He'll meet your need. He'll hear your heart. He'll bring the prodigals. Come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Okay. Ha, <laughs> kiss. Back to me. Our God can. Don't tell me he can. Are you with me? So let's go on with the, I just thought I'd have thrown that in. Verse nine. <laughs> Immediately, the man became well and picked up his pallet. What was his part? His part was getting up. Now, Jesus said, do three things. Get up, get your sleeping bag, and walk. He did, look at what? And immediately, the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. When did he get up? before he was healed. His part of the miracle was getting up. 
And as he grabbed a hold with those, those worthless legs that couldn't carry him, as he began to grab hold and get up, as he did his part by faith, obeying who he did not yet know was Jesus, as he began to get up, his legs are healed, he grabs his sleeping bag, he's doing a boogaloo jig, fired up, celebrating, and looks around, and Jesus is gone. And what does he do? He did exactly what the Lord told him. Get up, take up your pallet, and walk. Now, it was the Sabbath, Shabbat, on that day, so the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, hey, <laughs> it's the Sabbath, you can't carry your pallet. But he answered him, he who made me well is the one who said, pick up your pallet and walk. And they asked him, who is the man that said you pick up your pallet and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was. He wasn't braced for impact, for Jesus slipped away while there was a crowd. Well, everybody was dancing. Jesus slips away. He didn't know. And what I love is Jesus finds him at the pool of Bethsaida. Did Jesus find you? Did Jesus, because let me, let me tell you, Jesus not only found him, but he finds him again because in the next verse, he goes to the temple and he finds him and he tells him who he is, that he is Yeshua HaMashiach. He is the Messiah. Look at verse 15. The man went away and told the Jews, it was Jesus who made me well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered and said, that my father's working until now and I myself am working. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to do what? Because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, he was also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. They're trying to kill him. And John points out he is equal with God. He is the Messiah. He is fully God, fully man. He is the son of the most high God because only God can heal legs that have been withered for four decades. Are you with me? This is a miracle. Listen, brace for impact. Brace for impact because you do not know when God is gonna move and what God is gonna do. This dude, again, even after he's healed, doesn't know it's Jesus. He doesn't realize who it is. Listen, we know who he was and who he is, don't we? And he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And I don't care where you're at or what you're facing. I don't care if you blew it and got yourself in the ditch. Jesus will still get you out. He gives grace. Listen, grace. Getting what we, getting what we, didn't, what we don't deserve. And he gives us mercy, not giving us what we do deserve. He's a good God. Are you with me? And so as we move into this Heart for the Harvest Month of Miracles, let's believe God. Now, some of you, listen, you don't know him. You're still spiritually at the pool. You're separated from God. Behold, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. And so we were all born sinners. We were all born separated from God. But God demonstrated his love to us. And while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. When we hated him, we were in opposition to him. He died for us. Listen, we did not find him. He found us. And if you're not born again, you're still at the five, you're still at Solomon's pool. You may not have a physical malady, but you have got a spiritual death. The Bible says that we were dead in transgressions and sins. But we are made alive through Jesus. As if you're ready for a radical relationship with God. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm not talking about stopping by church every now and then. I'm talking about knowing the God of the universe. And if you're ready to meet the holy triune God of all that there is, he's ready to meet you because Jesus paid for your sins. 
says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved for the heart we believe resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth we confess resulting in salvation. And whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the greatest news on the planet. On the planet. And so if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, he's ready to receive you. He's ready to wipe away your sins and give you a full, absolute pardon, adopt you in the family of God and set you free. He did it for me. Anybody else been set free by King Jesus? Man, he's ready. So right now, with every head bowed, all of our campuses, heads bowed, nice closed, pray this simple confessional prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know we're separated. I did it. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Come in my heart. I confess you as my Lord. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I put my faith in you. I receive salvation. I'll live for you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, somebody, all God's people. Woo! My mercy. And who said church was boring? People say the church is born. I've never been to faith promise. Are y'all with me? Because God is doing something in the house. Now, for many of you, your next steps is your very next step. So if you've not experienced our next step process, it's four weeks. This is week three. You can get in any week. They don't build on each other. This is week three. Your purpose is our passion. Matter of fact, you and I are going to take a little trip to a, to a local garage where we're going, to, we're going to build an old Corvette. We're going to find out where things go because God made you with a purpose and our passion is your purpose. So if you have not found how you're shaped, how you can connect to the body of God, because you cannot be all that God wants you to be if you're not connected. That's what we're going to do this weekend. It's going to be incredible. At Pellissippi, it's a 615, and, and then at all of our campuses on Sunday, it's 1145. You can stay or you can sign up on the communication card, whatever you need, but I'm going to challenge you to get in there. If you just prayed with me at all of our campuses, if you'll take the communication card, and you will fill it out and just check the first circle. I prayed to receive Jesus. Go ahead, check second circle. I need to be baptized. And if you've not been checked, sign me up for next steps and then show up. Has it been good to be in the house of God? Come on, it's wow. Wow. As we move into generosity, guests, if you would put your, your guest cards into the offering bucket when it comes by, we don't care about your money. We care about your heart. And so if you just, just put, drop the communication, anybody that needs anything, drop the communication cards in. But as we get ready to move into generosity, can I tell you, Faith Promise, you are a generous people. And I want to tell you a quick story about Ricky. Ricky was in Knoxville, and for 16 years, Ricky lived on the streets. Ricky said, most of the time I was scared. In the summer, he was hot. In the winter, he was cold and fought for where my, he might get another scrap of bread. One day, Ricky made his way into Carm, one of our ministry partners, and found a warm bed and three hot meals. He found the love of God, and he found encouragement and strength that he had not received in almost two decades from anyone else. And because you're faithful, because you serve, Ricky was able to go to launch point, and Ricky said to tell you that he is about to move into his first place. Why? Because we give. 
incredible. He said, I'm moving into a house soon is what he said. And because your generosity, we get, to, we get to see people like Ricky. We get to see people around the city, around the state. We get to see people in Central and South America. We get to see people in India where Faith Promises is there. We get in Pakistan and South Africa, all over the world. Why? Because we, when we bring our tithes and offerings into the house of God, it multiplies. So when you read the Bible, say, you know, you're supposed to take care of the poor. That guy right there, you took care of. And there are so many more Rickies out there that you pay for that, you, that we'll never even know the stories. That's because of your generosity. I'm going to pray. Our ushers are going to come. And we're just going to celebrate in giving. Are you with me? Now listen, as we move toward Heart for the Harvest, don't hold your offerings for the next four weeks. I know. I got you. I understand. Come on. Let's be faithful and let's ask God. Michelle and I will be able to give our largest offering to Heart for Harvest this year. And we just asked God, and God just kept providing and kept providing. We said, okay, this is for you, God. This is for you. See, if God wants us to be debt-free of God, then God pays for it. Are you with me? And he blesses us, and we're just going to have an incredible month. Wow. Next week, what's your part of the miracle? God, as we, as we begin to move in generosity, I pray that you'll bless the first-time giver. I pray, God, you'll bless people that, Father, have never given and those that have given for decades. God, I pray that you use this. I pray for the next three weeks, supernatural provision, that when we, as we uh, move toward heart for the harvest, it will be a supernatural, miraculous provision of heaven. So God, bless this offering. Bless Ricky. God, bless all the people that we get to serve. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. Give him a shout of praise.